the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's a real law. But he's saying now that you are in Christ, the law of the Spirit is more powerful than that. You are in a powerful hand. It can take control of whatever you do. You've just got to like let the presence of the Spirit of God pop out. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. So glad that you've chosen to be here today in worship. I want to encourage you to take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. And I really encourage you always to bring God's Word when we gather to worship. Some of you have it in a printed copy like this. Others of you have an electronic version. That's okay. But I want you to follow along so that you can see that the words I'm saying are supported by the words of Scripture. That's where the power is. That's the most important words that you'll hear this week or, or any week. I also want to encourage you to find something that maybe you could jot down some of these spiritual truths, these nuggets of gold, because we need this when we leave this place. We need to take those with us into the week. Before we get into that passage, I want to take just a moment and share some words from my heart, just some personal words from the shepherd. This has been a busy time, both for our church and and for me personally. Uh, This week, I had the privilege on Tuesday uh, to go down to Southwest Florida and represent you and represent our denomination, our Florida Baptist Convention, and encourage some of the disaster relief workers that are, are, are there. I was in Port Charlotte And man, the damage is uh, quite devastating, but the work that is being done on your behalf is so, so deeply encouraging. And in fact, we're a part of that larger network of churches that's called the Southern Baptist Convention. And if you were to ask me the one thing that, that makes me want to stay there more than anything else is probably what we do in moments like these, how we come to the aid of other people and help with disaster relief. Uh, So there are others being the hands and feet of Jesus on your behalf. You have the opportunity to go and do that as well. We're providing you that opportunity, but I was able to represent and just encourage on your behalf on Tuesday. When I came back here, uh, this place was still full because we used our facility as a community facility on that evening, partnering with the Temple Terrace Police and, and inviting community members to come in and have a time of encouragement. It was a great representation for you then as well. As I serve as the president of the Florida Baptist Convention, my schedule's heating up a little bit. I leave this evening and I'm preaching in, on the other side of the state of Florida. And then later in the week, I'm preaching in central Florida before we gather back here again next Sunday morning. So I appreciate your prayers, uh, just that God would give me wisdom and, and discipline, uh, even with my schedule. But on Friday of this week, we, we gathered as a church to, to celebrate the life 
of one of our faithful long-term members. Some of you know him, uh, some of you did not. His name was Ron Govan. Uh, Mr. Govan was an influential part of this church and, and even an influential part of this community. And, and frankly, the whole Tampa community uh, for a lot of years. His story is a great story. It's kind of one of those American dream stories. He comes from a Cuban-American family that found success here. And he became a, a successful businessman. But in the midst of that success, he, he, never, he never walked away from his, his faithful walk with Jesus Christ. He understood what it was like to, to do what I wish so many of, of you would, would lean into. He, he understood what it was like to live out his faith in the marketplace recognizing that not everybody's going to be a preacher or a musician or a missionary, but wherever God plants you and whatever God calls you to do, he wants you to serve him faithfully. He loved his church. He loved this church. Saturday, a week ago, after I left our Saturday morning prayer time, I went to visit him. He was in hospice just a couple of blocks from here. And in those first few moments, he passed from this life into the next. It was a, a sweet, peaceful time. But, but here's something we understand as Christ followers. Um, when someone's life ends, we don't pray for them anymore. It's not part of the Christian faith that we pray for those who are dead. We thank God for them and we pray for their family. And so I instantly began to do that. Just thank you, God, for Mr. Ron. And oh, God, would you wrap Miss Judy in your arms? She's here in this service. We love her so much. And man, so it was a sweet time to pray. But, but after a few minutes of, of that kind of prayer, I, I began to pray a different prayer. And that's what I want you to hear from my heart. You, you see, I, I recognize that after serving here over 11 years, that you you began to see that some of these leaders in our faith family are passing away and God's not replacing them in the same way. And so I began to cry out to God just while it was me and Mr. Ron or Mr. Ron's earth tent that were hanging out there. And I said, oh God, would you just raise up some more leaders like him? Would you raise up others who would give of their life wherever they are? putting others and you before themselves. What does that look like? Well, I begin to pray, God, would you raise up men and women who serve the Lord faithfully, whatever their profession? God, would you raise up men and women who love your word? Mr. Ron was a navigator early in his life. And so he had, he had taken those little cards. Some of you have done this and he memorized scripture. He loved and then he lived by the word of God. I begin to pray, God, would you raise up men and women who look for opportunities to share their faith? Early in life, he was trained in evangelism explosion down under Dr. D. James Kennedy and, and Coral Gables. And, and he worked with the Billy Graham organization when they would come to this area. He, he, he shared his faith in his church. But more importantly, he just did it on a daily basis where he, he worked in the company that he, re, he, he started in latter years called Mark Master. I begin to pray, God, would you raise up men and women who love their church? Who are loyal to their church? Who support their church financially and sacrificially? And understand they don't always have to agree. 
but they, they never get to be disagreeable. As I was meeting with Miss Judy and the family, I, I, I later learned that when he was 32 years old, Ron went on a navigator's trip. And on that trip, God exposed him to a verse in the Bible. This is the verse, it's Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. It says, I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap and on behalf of the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Miss Judy told me that Ron came home from that trip and, and he said that was his mission, that he wished to be that man. When I preached a service from his Bible, uh, that verse was underlined and it was marked 1269, a few months after I was born. And so for more than the last 50 years, he's been that kind of man. He stood in the gap. Man, I want to be that kind of man too. As a result, I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm giving the best I've got. I'm giving the best years of my life to to serve this church and to serve this community. Sometimes that's not what I want. Sometimes that's not the easiest or most comfortable thing. But standing in the gap never is. And so on this day, I'm just asking you, would, would you pray if God wants you to be that kind of man, that kind of woman who steps up when everybody else is stepping back? who stands in the gap when, when others have tucked tail and run. One of the ways Mr. Ron and Miss Judy did that faithfully was through their financial gifts. And so every time we gather, we, we talk about the importance of giving financially. And, and some people do that through their phones on an app, like I'm about to demonstrate. Some people plan that online or they give it in our giving boxes or, or they send it in. I want to encourage you. Don't underestimate the importance of being a faithful giver. The reality is in our church, the ministries that you enjoy, the ministers who serve you, they won't be here without your faithful giving. So I want to encourage you to be faithful, even as our family tries to do. And um, it's simple. The reason I have my phone is because I'm showing you how simple it is. In the moments that I've started talking while holding the phone, I gave. And we gave generously. And we gave sacrificially. Stand in the gap. You won't regret it. Let's pray together. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we again say thank you. Thank you for examples and testimonies like Ron Govan. Lord, there's a lot of those in these recent years that we've seen come on into their eternal reward. I think of folks like Miss Barbara Yost. I think about the Reeds, Paul and Priscilla. and There's so many more, too many, Lord. It's hard. Yet we thank you for their example, their life well lived. Lord, we pray for those like Miss Judy that need us now more than ever, need our strength. Thank you for the body of Christ. 
Lord, we also thank you that in moments like these, we can come together and we can look to you and we can hear from you and we can receive from you that which only you can give. So that's what we ask today. Lord, as we open your word, it is perfect and true. So speak, we're listening. Give us what we need that we don't have. Teach us what we've not yet learned. Lord, make us new. Begin with me. God, let the words I say and even my thoughts please you. And Lord, oh God, please don't let us walk away the same. For this we say thank you in advance. As I pray this in the name of Jesus. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. We're in this series called Brand New Me because the the book of Romans teaches us how to experience transformation in Christ. If I were to put a title on today's message, I would say it's how to experience abundant life and abiding peace. Because I I think that's something, frankly, after a a lifetime around churched people, a, a lot of people who profess Christ don't seem to have it. Their, their lives don't seem to be fulfilling and they seem to be overcome by worry and anxiety. And, and, and rather than abundant life and a abiding peace, it, it seems like life is often meaningless and scrambling and full of worry and anxiety. And, and that's not God's intent. So how do you move beyond just professing him or, or, or praying a prayer, or, or checking a box, and, and living a life that, that really is making a difference, not just for you, but in your little corner of the world. I think Romans 8 tells us how. I, I think in this passage of Scripture, you find the secret, really the secret sauce. In fact, the great American evangelist D.L. Moody, he said, I would rather live in Romans 8 than in the Garden of Eden. Now, why would he say something crazy like that? He said, because in the Garden of Eden, having everything God offered, Adam and Eve still sinned, and they faced the judgment of God, and they were separated from God. But in Romans chapter 8, it begins with no condemnation, and it ends with no separation. You get the best that God has to offer. So look at how it begins. This is Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And there it is again. That word, therefore, that causes us to look in the rearview mirror 
or the camera now that's showing what's behind us. Why is it there? What is Paul talking about? What is he looking back to? And and really, it's this whole book of Romans that we've journeyed through so far. It's the reality that, that we have the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that as those who possess that, as he says in chapter 1 and verse 16, we are not ashamed of that. And it's that gospel that motivates everything that we do. You, you could summarize these first few chapters in what some have called the Romans road. We haven't completed the road, but we've got through a lot of it. For example, Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This reminds us we're all in this together. None of us are good enough on our own. The best of the best and the worst of the worst, they stand on level ground at the foot of the cross. We all need the same amount of Jesus. And throughout history, that's been hard for people like us to understand. And it's caused us not to embrace the verse we just read. Because we think, how in the world could that axe murderer, how could that serial killer, how could they receive the same grace that my child receives who who, who became a follower of Jesus early in life and, and lived a life without all those all those flashy sins. And yet that's what scripture says, all have sinned. The result of that sin is punishment. And God's punishment is death. But Romans 5, 8 tells us that God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get better. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, that's good news, church. And so that next verse that we've learned is Romans 6, 23. And it says, yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so even when you understand that, though, the struggle is real. And that's where we've spent several weeks and. Romans chapter 7, because it's just confusing. We, we know the truth, but we don't do the truth we know. Or as Paul said it in Romans chapter 7 and verse 15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And we find ourselves there. We've understood the truth of the gospel. We've trusted Christ and yet... We leave a foot in this world and we not only fail, we then walk in shame because of that failure. And so he summarizes this in chapter 7 and verse 24 when he says, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? If Romans 8 is one of the most encouraging chapters in the Bible, Romans 7 may be one of the most discouraging. It's depressing. We're in this battle. How do we live this out? Paul says, I feel like I'm chained to a dead body on my back and it's decaying and rotting and death is all around me. How do I go forward? I'm a wretch. (laughs) But even in that chapter, he, he points to his hope. Look at verse 25. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Hey, a a healthy walk is always recognizing where you are, but never keep the focus on yourself. Always look to Jesus 
and who he is and, and what that means about your life. So with that in mind, listen to how this verse sounds differently. He's just said, I'm a wretch. How do I go forward? I've got a body changed to me, but Jesus, therefore, because of the deliverance of Jesus Christ, our Lord, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? Jesus took our condemnation and we get his justification. He now looks at us and he doesn't see that condemned sign across us. He looks at us and it's just as if we've never sinned. In fact, some have said that Romans 8.1 is like the flip side of the coin of Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we've been justified with faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That gives you the context. Now I want to read eight verses, tell you two things before we pray. Look at verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because, this is the why, through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit, they have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Now we're going to dissect this, but before we do, I want you to look, look at verse six and, and particularly a phrase in verse six. This is what it said. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Now remember, that's what we said we want. I want abundant life and I want to abide in peace. How do I get that? Well, it, it's, it's told in that phrase, right? My mind, that which guides me has to be governed by the spirit of God. So let's talk about how we get to that place. Number one, if you want abundant life and abiding peace, you must understand and accept what Jesus has done for you. And after all my life in the church, 30 plus years serving in ministry, I've come to the understanding that most people who profess a faith in Jesus Christ are not living their lives as if they truly understand and have applied what Jesus has done for them. So one more time, let's look at Romans 8, 1. This time, let's read it aloud together. You ready? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. John Piper says, the Bible's the greatest book in the world. And Romans is the greatest book in the Bible. And chapter 8 is the greatest chapter in Romans. And Romans 8, 1 is the greatest verse in the chapter. Someone else put it this way. They said, you know, the Bible is the gold ring and Romans is a diamond on the ring. And Romans 8.1 is a sparkle in the diamond. 
This is an encouraging verse. This verse may be the most encouraging verse in all the Bible because it speaks to how you live out your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's a big deal. It's saying if you are in Jesus, there's no condemnation in you. I want to look at that word by word. We've already talked about therefore, so we'll move on to the next one. The next word is therefore there is now. Why does he say now? Paul wants us to understand the power of now. He's saying that when you trust Jesus, when you look to Christ, you become externally and internally, eternally secure right now. He's saying when you trust Jesus and you look to Christ, you become internally free right now. He's saying when you look to Jesus and you trust Christ, you become positionally righteous right now. What God does for you, he does in the moment and he trusts, he he takes you from your past and he moves you into the now. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.